Have you been looking for a way to stay focused on your goals and grow your MSP? Accountability groups from Rocket MSP can help. We offer weekly accountability sessions that meet online with a group of your peers. Your success begins with accountability. Go to www.rocketmsp.io to join your accountability group today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Plus, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, Dale, so we've we've been talking about kind of your history with um, growing your business and we spoke about your sales process and how important it is to educate the prospect on what you're going to do for them and why it's important for them and less about and and we use this tool and and if you open up this this drawer in my toolbox I've got one of these they don't care right so um let's talk about scaling now so I feel like there's there's a few things that are really important to to kind of scaling an MSP, um, and we'll we'll go through each of them individually. I th- I think first is you have to have uh, processes in place, kind of for everything. Yeah. And not just like a oh by the way uh, here's how I recommend doing it. Like no here's here's a documentation that we wrote up with screenshots and arrows and whatever. Uh, this is the way you will be doing this yep. or there will be consequences. Yep. So what, where do we start? How do we start developing these processes? So I think this is one of these investment areas, right? This is the, this is the task always avoided by us technicians, right? Like the techs never want to document. They never want to do good ticket notes. I know there's probably some techs out there going, oh, I do excellent ticket notes. Yeah, I know. But you're you're a unicorn. I, I think like a lot of techs just want to, they just want to get on to the next ticket. They just want to ne- solve the next problem. It, again, it's been my experience. Maybe not everyone. But this is an investment area where you can bring in someone that's non-technical and task them with, running down these processes, get them centrally documented, reviewing them, training the team on them. And I think this is, you know, this is key. You know, uh, I think my early Corsica successes were in that I could bring in junior technicians that were looking for an opportunity and give them processes and training 
and cut them loose to do the work, right? So I can move them up later once they got experience, but I would put them in uh, low impact roles, whether it was on the knock, so they're in the back end just responding to alert tickets, or maybe they're just a, a junior tier one person that's resetting passwords uh, so that the more senior guys can work on the more difficult things, or maybe they're starting in the staging area so we can see their quality of work um, before we put them in front of a customer. So. I always liked having a uh, core of junior spots that we could have documented processes. So you can see the quality of work, the work, you know, the, the ethic, the work ethic of that person. Are they on time? Are they a problem? You know, all these things, can they follow process, right? Do they speak up when they're running into issues? And, uh, and that's the benefit of having good processes, right? You can turn more over, uh, to let people go. Now, you're managing the process, um, not leaving everything open to interpretation for the the, the staff, right? Um, now you got people doing different things, different places, and pointing fingers, right? One tech becomes comes behind the other, and he did it one way, and the other tech comes in a few weeks later and goes, "Well, this printer's set up all stupid," and the customer goes, "Well, your other guy, your other guy set it up." Right. You know, it, I mean, how many times does that happen? So it's it, so process is important, but it's what I've seen, something that MSPs avoid. So I think that's an investment area where you can get a junior, you know, admin person that's a tech writer or whatever that can own and maintain that stuff. And then you can have team meetings like, hey, let's talk about issues, you know, with our process as well whatever's not working, you know, you can now you've got something to adjust. If you don't have a system, if you don't have processes, how are you adjusting for the issues that you're running into? How are you evolving? Yeah. I mean, you can't, you're just chasing your tail, you know, so. And is, is there, is there like a, this is the process you should write first. If you haven't written any, like, is there a magical SOP? Oh, that's a good one. Um, well, I think the junior task, and I think the, the the word I've not said yet, that's your key is the automation, right? I mean, how can you automate if you don't have a process defined, right? What, what are you automating based on? So I think that the opportunity for identifying these processes are the ability to delegate more and the ability to, to automate. So where do you start from there? I, you got to start with your most routine tasks, right? You just, you know, how do you process a call? How do you process tickets? Like, again, Techs aside, the, the technicals aside, you still got a business to run, right? So how are we operating? What are our processes as a business? And and I say start with the routines. You want all your routine stuff documented, stuff that you can train these junior folks to come in at a lower cost, lower risk, and and as long as they can follow directions and escalate when it's not going according to the directions to to the next year. Those are the the key things that that you get documented. Um, yeah, I think that, I mean, that, that, that's definitely the, I mean, without having a MSP to sit here or dive into, but yeah, I think if, if, if you don't have processes around the, the, the fundamentals, you know, that you definitely would have to start there. And just because you've created a process, like what, once you build it, you're done. Like you can move on to the next process. You never have to touch that first one again. Right. Well, <laughs> um, well, uh, one of the things that, that I found and I, I recommend it to business owners all around is, um, have you ever heard of traction? Yeah. Yeah. So traction's a great 
playbook for any business to sit down and start getting organized, right? And a part of that is identifying your, your accountabilities, who's accountable for what processes. Um, but that also introduces you as a business operation, you know, to do things like identify and discuss and solve issues. Well, where do issues come from? Well, this process is broken, you know, or this process didn't work for this client. And in fact, it didn't work for that client last week. That's, that's, that may be a problem, right? So let's, let's dive into that. So are, are your process set it and forget it and throw away? No, you've got to identify, you have processes, <laughs> like you have processes now, probably your first fundamental problem is they're just not documented. So get them documented. Now you've got a process You've got your system defined, right? You had a system. Now you've defined it. Now you've got something that you can adjust. And when you adjust, you can train on it. So no, it's not set it and forget it. Uh, you should always be creating processes. And you know the best time to create processes is when you're going through it. But again, I think it's it's my experience that technicians don't love it. They don't love doing that. So get to so delegate that, outsource that to someone that that's their job. You know that that they can have a they can be a direct report of someone with authority that they you can say, hey, go in there and document how we respond to alerts, right? And dig into it and help put this together. Um, you know, but they're 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 never static. They're they're going to evolve. Good. So let's talk about the uh, the next thing that I think is important when it comes to scaling an MSP, um, company culture. You can't be the only person creating the documents and following them. Sure. So how do you build a company culture? And have you, have you found like, I don't know, this is definitely what to do and what not to do when it comes to culture type stuff? Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the Again, keeping on the track of now you're a business owner. Okay, well now you've got employees, so that means you're a leader, right? So when you're a business owner, you're you're establishing your business processes, you're managing the processes, um, you're holding people accountable to the processes, you're managing the exceptions, right? But you're also leading, right? So you manage processes and you lead people. Okay, so as you're growing and you're scaling, uh, it's not all about just the tech, not all about the processes. You've got human freaking beings and you're in a service business, right? So what's the value of an MSP? The service delivery by way of your people, right? Your clients have to enjoy doing business with you, right? That, that, that process of doing business, right? Submitting a service request, uh, you know, having good client communication, right? Not just they submit a ticket and now it's in the void. Now the client has to call you back you know, to find out what's going on with their ticket, but a culture of being client oriented, um, that everyone understands the the pain and the fear of the unknown that it is to be a client with a problem. Right. Um, so instilling a culture of, of being client oriented, instilling, instilling a culture of being team oriented, right. We're all on the same team, you know? So just because you're in a knock and you're on the help desk, right. Well, you guys are sim symbiotic. If, if, if he's not, doing his job over on the the knock well help desk you're going to have problems and help desk you're not doing your job right well that's going to cause more alerts on the back end because you're doing things you know so i think you know as you grow you know the importance of quality leadership it, it's really important you know and, and that's the things i hear a lot about today you know just working with clients is you know frustration with with leadership is what i hear a lot so i think you know um i'd say traction is a great 
management system to get your business organized, um, but really getting into some leadership development. Um, I often recommend, you know, Patrick Lencioni's stuff, you know, um, Four Truths About Employee Engagement. He's got various other books um, that really nail home uh, some leadership concepts uh, for managing an organization for, for a positive culture. Well, um, it, yeah, um, Jocko Willink, I've been a big fan. I'm, I'm a military guy, but, you know, I, I, I've, I've been taught leadership since I was a private in the Marine Corps. And so leadership's always been core to me. Um, but I, I, I always recommend a lot of Jocko Willink stuff because he's really into pure leadership development. Um, so he always has a lot of great content with it. You know, the things that you're going to deal like again, operations tech, they're one thing, but dealing with ego, dealing, controlling your emotions and, you know, all these things, culture, um, di difficult people, all these things like, they're important too. They're they're equally important. I would say they're probably even more important in a service organization. Strong leadership is essential in a service organization because it shines through, right? It, it's we're not buying products off a shelf. Your clients aren't walking into your store or grabbing a product and walking out with it. They're engaging with your staff, your team, your communication cadence, all these, uh, you know, your managers, your salespeople, you know. So that culture, they're going to wear it on their sleeve. Um, and, and leadership really, really drives the culture. It's super important. Very good. What about some some things to do to cultivate teamwork? Because that's that you know that's important is making sure that your your team are all working together and not pointing fingers. Yeah. Um, either at at each other in the same department or at other departments. Um, I've I've seen a lot of really poor company culture. So how do you how do you get everybody? to actually feel like they're on the same page. And what do you do when you've got just a couple bad apples? And what do you do if it seems like everything's circle in the drain? Well, what's the fable on a bad apple? I don't know. It spoils the it spoils the bunch, man. So, uh, you know, I think that you know, bad apples spoil the bunch. And I'm not saying, hey, go find your bad apples and fire them. But this goes back to leadership a little bit. You've got to hit issues head on. You can't let issues fester. Um, and that's one of the things I, I like about the traction uh, model and bringing that into businesses is that um, it forces a weekly team discussion. Uh, you know, to identify, discuss, and solve issues. And those issues can be, hey, Sally, it, you know, we've had failures here over and over, over again. What, or let's, let's identify the problem. Let's discuss it. Let's solve it as a team, right? And I, I think a lot of these things stew from avoiding difficult conversations, right? Uh, and, and granted, us techs, you know, usually are, we're introverted and we just want to get our heads down and on the keyboards and, and, and work on problems. And I get it. You know, sometimes we want to avoid some of the personalities in space, but hey, you, you, we don't solve these problems unless we hit them head on. So, I mean, a couple ways. Number one, establishing an expectation of how we're going to work together, you know, so back to one thing, one team's not doing something that they should be. Well, is that documented? Have we all agreed? That's the process. Uh, did we not? Okay. Let's sit down and identify that process and, and get on the same page with it. What's broken down. Like 
we have to hit these issues head on. We can't let them sit and fester or, or avoid. And I get it, you know, welcome to leadership. It's, it's hard, you know, it's, it's hard, but you've got to hit issues when you hear about them, you've got to prioritize them. You got, that's your, that's your job now, especially when you're, you're at scale, right? Especially when you've grown and you've got multiple technic dozen, you know, tens or dozens of, of, of technicians. Uh, now you're a leader, you know, again, you've delegated all these things that you used to do, you know, when you broke the founder's cap, right? You brought in more people so you could do more. Now your job is to lead your people. And a part of leadership is dealing with these difficult conversations. And if they're difficult, people one of the things that traction has a tool is a people analyzer where you sit down as a team you say what is our culture and the best way to do that is look at your best technician best best employee and go what are the five to seven things that we like about billy right what are they what's great about billy i could have 10 right we all have them i wish i had 10 billies okay why what what has billy got well there's your freaking culture right there right now you've established your 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 what you expect of your people and you make that known and now you hold people accountable to that right are you are you client orient being client oriented is a part of our culture right it's one of our our values right you do that all of the time sometimes you do sometimes you don't or none of the time you you measure your people against these core values right and the people that fall too far down the stack you, you line up your 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 core values and Excel spreadsheet values across the top, employee names down the bottom, and you go through each one, each cell, you go plus, plus, minus, or minus, right? You say, are they client oriented? Are they team oriented? Are they accountable? Do they operate with integrity, right? And a lot of core values you'll see that, or maybe you'll come up with when you kind of identify that, that, that persona and you, you analyze your people against that, right? And you set a bar and you say, Hey, Anyone that's below the bar, our, your bar could be like of our seven core values. You got to have a plus for four of them and no, no more than three plus minuses. That's the bar. So if you're all pluses, you're above the bar. If you're four pluses and three plus minuses, you're at the bar. If you're a minus in three pluses and three plus minus, you're below the bar. We've got to solve that problem. We got to get you above the bar. Um, again, that's, that's leadership. You're going to have to work with your people. You're going to have to identify these problems. And again, that's just documenting your culture, right? You've documented your culture. Now you've set expectations. Uh, everyone has, has agreed to the, meet those expectations and now you hold people accountable to it. Yeah, so that's how you deal with the bad apples. If they can't come up to what the expectation of your ideal is, find someone who does, you know, um, you know, bad pot, bad, uh, bad apple spoils the bunch, man. What are your your uh, what 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 are your thoughts on on like I don't know take taking the team out to lunch or or you know getting a getting a beer after work you know that type of stuff like at what point have you found that the the lines kind of get blurred mm. because they feel like you're not a boss and you're a buddy. Mm -hmm. and and maybe they stop respecting you yeah and that's a that's a tough one to overcome right because you you know especially when you're small everything's interpersonal i 
heck, man, I remember the day that I was joining land parties, playing Counter-Strike with my whole freaking team. You know, I, I, I've been there and done that. But number one, like, you, you are in charge, right? You are the boss. Um, and so you don't want to, you want to maintain that and you want to maintain that leadership. And because you have, a, you're in a position of influence and your influence is very powerful. Um, so if you lower your standard to the, their standard, let's say, as of, a, of an employee, uh, and you're smoking and joking at a, at a level that the, that the employees do, now they think they get smoking joke and they can get away with things that they can get away with amongst themselves because I, ah, you know, well, I just had a beer with Dale the other day. So we're, we're good. I, I'll just show up a little late today. Right. Um, so you, you can ha do engagement with your people and, and maintain uh, authority so you can take them out to dinner, but you're, you are, you are the boss. You, you are in charge. It's not, I, I'm, I'm not your buddy. I'm your boss. Um, so mat matters of being disrespected, you know, and so you're you're going to get treated. Um, you're going to teach people how to treat you. So if you, if you allow for that, that, like if you're on a land party, gaming with your people or whatever, and you allow them to talk crap to you, and it, but it's it's disrespectful. Like you you're still their boss. Um, you know, I think I would be cautious with that. Letting that relate that type of relationship conduct itself outside of the office and not expect it not to blow over into the office. So unfortunately, as as you grow, um, I mean, in the Marine Corps, we call it fraternization, right? So we when we were a private PFC and Lance Corporal, we were non NCOs. But the minute we got promoted to Corporal and Sergeant, we were now NCOs and we were expected to carry ourselves appropriately. That means we weren't fraternizing with the, the junior troops because that was the case that we, we needed to be in a position of authority when it was time for that, when it was important. So, uh, look, you know, go find friends outside of work. You know, your employees aren't your friends. You're, they're your employees. And it, uh, you, there's ways again, uh, Patrick Lynch, any books, four truths about employee engagement, uh, doing one-on-ones with your folks so that you do have professional time together. All those are all things that you can keep engagement up. Um, but that doesn't mean you got to go smoke and joke with them, you know, in a way that, that only, you know, that's unprofessional. Good. I agree. Um, I've, I've learned, unfortunately, the hard way that th there's lines yeah. and you just shouldn't cross them. Um, and I'm, I'm the guy that, you know, I, everything's a joke to me. So I, I just find it so easy to, to joke around with people. I, look, I joke um, around too. I, I, I'd say <laughs> one thing I learned again when you're when you're in a leadership role, uh, you don't you don't always realize you should know. And I'll say this for those leaders out there managing people: like your words are really powerful. Um, so even when you're joking, like you go Josh someone, like ah man, look at your stupid haircut. That's coming from the boss, right? So even though you might be coming from a, a you know, you're just Josh on whatever. Well, that, that may be true, but the boss just clowns your hair, you know? So like that stuff, you, you're, you, there's, there's a, there's a multiple that's applied to your words when you're in a position of leadership and you gotta be real careful of that. Uh, so joking with them in a way that's kind of, you know, clowning and whatever. I get it. I love, I do that with family, I do it with friends. I, I learned to stop doing it with employees because it, it wasn't serving them. What they need from me is encouragement, right? You know, they, they need that. Um, you know, picking on them, whatever. I, trust me, I did it when I was, especially when I was a young 
uh, young leader, you know, um, that this just, I, I like to joke and have fun and all that stuff, but I, I, I learned and matured in the fact that, you know, that, that doesn't serve them, you know, uh, you, they, their, the intentions just aren't received properly. And like, say there's a, there's a multiple on your words that, um, you know, bring some, bring some damage. I would, I would say. So what was your preference to, um, promote from within or hire from outside? Yeah, my preference in a cycle like that, um, and I see it talking in the chat. Um, you know, yeah, you want to bring, you want to be in a position where you can bring junior techs in into established processes so they can learn and grow, because you want them to learn and grow into you know that their tier two tech, that field technician or project technician to be able to go in a field and all that stuff. So you know, having those processes, um, you know, to bring in those junior guys and promote them up. Um, Another key thing, though, if you sure you know, your, your growth may be outpacing the talent that you can bring in or, or promote from within or whatever. So maybe you'll find yourself in a position where you need to replace an upper tier person or whatever. And again, this is where your processes are going to come in because that way you can sit in with that new person. And say, hey, this is how we do business, you know, um, because the one thing I, I didn't like when I didn't have processes to hold folks accountable is everyone's got their their favorite way, right? Like you know, I'm a Dell guy. I'm, I'm a, I'm a HP guy. Well, why are you guys doing Sonic? Well, I, I Juniper's better, you know, all this, you know, when you bring in more seasoned technicians, they're going to have their favorites, right? Uh, to me, it's irrelevant. You know, it's all networking, you know, uh, and, and systems, uh, fun. Yes. You can have your preferences, but it's important for the business to have a standard, right? Uh, you don't want to be everything to everyone. Your business operation needs to have its standards that it maintains. So you want to find technicians that either align with that standard, agree with your standard, but you don't want to bring in the technicians who know it all and your way was never right, you know, and, and you should be doing it the way they did it at their old job. <laughs> like, hey man, if your old job was so great, what do you, what'd you come work, start working here for? Right? Like, you know, so, and, and that's just, just a comfort zone. Like people, and that's basic human nature, right? Folks are trying to stay in their comfort zone. Uh, so when you, when they were in a H Dell shop and now you bring them in an HP shop, of course, there's going to be a little that. And I think those are things that you want to do during the interview process uh, and, and flush out. I think, you know, one of the things I, I've done wrong more times I like to admit is like hire hastily, right? Just yeah, hurry up and get them in here. I don't care. You know, he's a, he's a warm body. That's always a mistake. You know, uh, you need to hold out, find the right people um, and, 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 and bring them in uh, because that's what you get. You, you get those things that you realize is just a bad fit in your culture. So identifying your culture and measuring your new hires against it um, and things like that. So um, yeah, making, making hasty hires is, is tough. Isn't the rule of thumb quick to fire, slow to hire? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> we don't do it often. I mean, it's a, it's an easy rule to break uh, when you're kind of, uh, you know, I think pre COVID one of the things it was really tough because it, the, the unemployment was super low, right? Like, so it was hard to find good people. So having that good system to grow your folks is, is, is a positive one. But at the same time, I would caution that, you know, when you brought in junior techs that had no experience, but you had sound processes that you could bring junior techs into entry level folks after they've been there for six months, their value just shot up and now they're not junior anymore and other people will hire them. So, um, when you bring folks in, I think it's a good idea to have a, a two year roadmap for them identified for that position because 
in that time, especially, and I imagine we'll get back there if we're not there close to getting there already with the job market turning back on, um, is there's always another opportunity. And if you haven't shown your people what the next two years looks like at your company, if they don't know, if they truly don't know, they don't have clarity there. Well, some other operation might show them by way of a five thousand dollar pay increase, ten thousand dollar pay increase, whatever. Right? They'll they'll jump to that other opportunity just for increased salary if they don't know when they'll get their next salary with you, or when they'll be promoted, or when they'll be considered for promotion. So I think it's important uh, to mention when you bring people in, you know, especially if it's junior techs or anyone really, that you kind of have a have a have an idea of what that position looks like over the next few years to, to paint that picture for them. Have you been looking for a way to stay focused on your goals and grow your MSP? Accountability groups from Rocket MSP can help. We offer weekly accountability sessions that meet online with a group of your peers. Your success begins with accountability. Go to www.rocketmsp.io to join your accountability group today. Hey, thanks for listening to part three. Be sure to check back tomorrow for the next episode. 